Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Broker Report podcast. I'm your host, James Copley. Joining me this week, we have Connor Bromley. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Missed uh, the last couple. You have? Where, where have you been? What have you been doing? Celebrating. Religious holidays. Uh, eating Easter eggs and all that. Oh dear. Jesus resurrecting and all that crap. Well, there's no chance of a Sunderland resurrection. No, there isn't a good lead. <laughs> <laughs> um, our special guest this week is former Sunderland player who made 419 appearances for the lads. Gordon Armstrong, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good, thank you. Yeah, all good chaps. Good stuff. Yet again, we've been put through a bitterly disappointing draw away to Redden after a good performance that should have rewarded us with a bit more. Um, we took to Twitter after the game to get your three-word review. Uh, Joseph Gorman says, what is football? Stephen Smith says, pub team goalkeeper. <laughs> Lee Tramp, Fulwell lad says, Lee Tramp as Gordon's phone rings in the background. <laughs> no, he's not. No, we're good. <laughs> um, Bomb Diggity Diggity says, Premier Passions remake. Daniel Jenkins says, silly mistakes again. Chris Oz Graham says, League One coming. Craig Bennison says, bring back Pickford. Stuart, oh, he's going again. <laughs> you are a popular man. That's what being a football agent that is. That is what being a football agent is. <laughs> Stuart Diggle says, disappointment ad infinitum. Fair enough. Um, Sam Allett says, camp is shit. Jamie Taylor says, Lee Camp shite. Um, Matt Foster, fuck the mags. There's a theme. Lee Camp, fantastic. I like the mighty fuck the mags ma- just uh, in there. Like, yeah, I don't care about going down. Fuck the mags. Fucking hate them. <laughs> Most of these reviews seem to be aimed at... Um, a certain Frank Gallagher looking goalkeeper in Lee Camp who yet again let us down really didn't he he did unfortunately yeah I mean uh, I have seen the highlights of the game I didn't see the game live but uh, I've seen the highlights and it was a bit of a horrendous uh, mess he, he made a shot and he, he parried it when he should never have done that and just uh, it was quite an easy save that most people would have made I think uh, and unfortunately he spilled it and uh, gave away penalty so that was, mm. that was uh, not good Connor, what did you make of it? Um, I just, I just honestly wonder how we ended up signing him. I honestly don't know what the scouting was behind it. He clearly a shot and keeper, and I think it was you telling us that he, he struggles to dive at one side. Well, I heard, I heard a rumor that like he's, he got, he's injured on one side, so he, he can only dive a certain. I think room. that might be right again. To be fair, to oh, be honest, right yeah, it's more right again, yeah. But uh, uh but it, uh, well, he, he might be injured as well. To be fair, I'm not sure, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not the goalkeeping situation is not good, guys. No, not in the slightest. Not that no. it was. The, to be fair, the I don't know at the weekend what was worse because the second goal he just didn't move, he just didn't react. It, it wasn't yeah. that far in the corner, he didn't react no. to it. The first goal, I mean, 
I, I don't know what he's doing. I wouldn't have made that mistake, and I'm not a goalie. No, I don't think as many people have made that mistake, to be <laughs> honest. Um, it just seems like this is the millionth time we've sat in this room and talked about goalkeepers letting us down. Must be must be towards 30 points of cost for the season. Definitely. Like We'd be a playoff team if I had Manoni. I'm just putting that out there as a controversial statement. <laughs> Gordon, you're a, you're a football agent now, so kind of a businessman involved in the business end of football. <laughs> Does Martin Baines comment that... Vito Manone leaving for two million was good business sense. Does that ring true with you? Do you think? Or? Well, it might have done. It might have been if we got a good keeper in. If mm. we got a got a good keeper in for nothing, I suppose. Then yeah, uh, it might have made good business sense. But unfortunately, uh, you judge by uh, the type of players that you replace um, people with, and unfortunately, the the three that we've got in since then have all been very poor. Um, so no, it doesn't make good business sense, does it? Because it uh, looks like it's going to cost us a relegation. I'll certainly be a big factor in that, yeah. to be honest. He came out and defended the decision as well. I think in in the press, he was uh, saying so. it was an efficiency, efficiency, was, yeah, an efficient yeah. decision. I suppose it depends from what perspective you look at. From a footballing efficiency, no chance. But yeah. the two million pounds they got is enough to cover Rodwell's wage for what I don't know, three months. A quarter of it was spent <laughs> yeah. on steel, and then his. Yeah, his so I mean, if you look at it that way, was it worth Salamone for three wa- three months worth of Rodwell's wages? I would argue not. That probably wasn't good business. No, but I mean, the most important bit was to get a good goalkeeper in, wasn't it? Um, there's a lots of lots of things that are going on that are not good at the football club, but um, you know, I, I think the 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 biggest downside of everything that we've done is our recruitment's been awful hasn't it on mm. on every level for a long time now not just this year but previous years to that I think it, you know it stacks up with something like 60 70 players we've signed over the last seven or eight years and we've only made a profit on about three of them mm. and I can't remember exactly this stat but it's something like that um which is an awful statistic uh, and and that's why we're in the mess that we're in it mm. as as a uh, a man who's involved in football. Do you think Sullivan have a, a bad reputation amongst amongst agents and players these days? Or no, I don't think so. I think people still think it's a big club. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, obviously, massive supports and all them things. But it's it's like anything. Once confidence goes and uh, you, you're struggling, then on every level, you know, it's uh, it's not going to be easy now. Mm. Um, that that there isn't going to be the money about that there was obviously a couple of years ago when in the Premier League and even this year when we first gone down probably the club would have had a little go in terms of wages and stuff but now everything's going to be uh, slashed again I would think with, yeah. with relegation looming we did get a McNair wonder goal that was a proper thunder bastard humdinger <laughs> that was an absolutely superb it was it was yeah Fantastic. Uh, talk us through the technique needed to, to do something like that because I, I can't imagine being able to pull that off in a million years. Like, no, I mean he's just he's a big, powerful boy, isn't he? And he looks like somebody that will get goals for us. And let's hope and uh, that we can keep him next year. It, it, it might be difficult because uh, the lad's obviously a good player. Um, obviously, the downside of this year has been that he hasn't been fit enough. But uh, even in the short space of time that he's been back again, uh, he looks like a proper player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he did didn't half hit it well. Yeah. Uh, connected well with it, and it's another another good goal for him. Yeah, yeah, he's got broad shoulders. He's quite stuck, isn't he? He looks he looks the part these days. But I think there was confusion as to what he should be because Man United used to try him at centre back and. He says that his position, best positions behind the striker. I think he's probably just a centre mid. Mm. Put him in over Catamull any day of the week for me. Yeah, and I think he has looked Catamull. He has made Catamull look a bit better. Who 
is improved in the past couple of games, I, I will say. Yeah, I suppose he's looked like an average championship player for the last three weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Managed to score his first goal in, what, a thousand days or whatever it was. Yeah. It, was a, it was a nice header. It was. It was a good header. It was, yeah. I don't know what the red and defence were doing, mind, but it was a. Who mm. cares? We've had enough bad defending and bad goalkeeping to deal with. We'll take one. Very yeah. true. Very yeah. true. We're, we're now unbeaten in three. Um, do you think we'll have the slimmest of margins <laughs> of getting out of this, or is, it, is that just hoping for too much? No, I think it's hoping for too much. Mm. With the fixtures left, I think uh, the hard fixtures aren't there. They're not easy fixtures. I certainly couldn't see us winning the Fulham. Um, mm. So. I think it's a massive, massive ask, isn't it? We'd have to match our home wins for the season as well. Yeah, as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Win two in a row after winning two all season. So I just don't think it's going to happen. But then I've been saying this for all, pretty much since February. Like, we've only won, what, five games at that point. Yeah, Why would we suddenly win five more? Yeah, and it's that's been the case. You know, they've had chances as well. They've had three games now where they, they should have won them they've had chances to to win them we've been ahead against Leeds ahead against Norwich ahead at the weekend against Redden and they've, they've thrown it away so that for me that's you know it's a, clearly must be a mental problem they've had Leeds they can't keep a hold of it and that's why we're going down and bad goalkeeping yeah I did play in a, t- a similar team to be fair we were I played in a team that went down to what is equivalent now of I believe one and uh, it, it it does just something like that it is confidence uh, in it, we were probably even worse in that, in that respect that we would probably lead every game that we played in and chuck it away so uh, I do understand what's going on but uh, it's just so destroying at the minute isn't it everything we do just seems to come to, mm. to shit to be fair do, do you think there needs to be just a, a massive overhaul of the culture at the club or do you think it's just as simple as ownership I think the first thing is ownership. I, I really do. Um, I think that's the that's one of the that's the key to it all. But then there has to be a massive overhaul of staff and and, and a change around mm. um, because for too long now we've got it wrong on, on on so many different things. Like I said, I think the biggest thing is recruitment. If you sign good players, you've got a chance to do something. And we haven't had too many good players mm. signed at this football club for a long time now. So that's got to be the first thing. Um, that, that it, whoever it is manager next year we don't know um, he's got to look at uh, over the summer and I'm sure if it is Chris Coleman he's got lots of ideas who he wants to sign um, but it's uh, it's a big decision and we've got to get them start getting them right now mm. Do you think with the likes of Gooch Honeyman Ethan Robson Asoro Madger if they stay do you think we'll be able to, to do something in the championship next season? Uh, yes in League One, not oh, sorry, League One and uh, yes, I I spoke to Danny Collins the other day, and he was talking about kind of the golfing class. Did he between... played for Brazil yet, though. Yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> Still the He scored the weekend actually. Did he? Did he? Yeah, he did. Um, I was talking to him the other day, and he was saying to us that the jump between the Championship and League One is probably the biggest in football in terms of quality, and I think it might be unrealistic for me to say this but I honestly can't see how we won't be towards the upper echelons of that league you look at teams who went down Bolton's went down recently had no money they came back up alright I look at teams that have also done it in the past Wolves have Leicester have Norwich have Sheffield United took a few years but they were always up there Sheffield Wednesday the same yeah. most of the big clubs it doesn't take them long to sort it out at that level and, no. I, and I, if you look at the teams from this year that are at the top of that league it's Wigan, it's Blackburn that went down, Rotherham. and Rotherham as well. All all three clubs that went down uh, have all well. Rotherham will be in the playoffs, and the other two will go up. I think. So you know we should have a good chance to come bounce straight back. But 
it's not always quite as simple as that but uh, let's so, hope Sunderland so are, are, a, are a type of club that will make it very difficult <laughs> it <laughs> you just know, yeah. but, but know there's com- going to be a curveball we're going to be competing with te- at the minute we're competing with teams that actually have Premier League budgets you know we Probably. And Premier League agents in the case yeah. of Wolves. <laughs> That's true. But you've got you've got clubs though that are you know have got serious budgets. You know budgets where they can spend millions on players. In League One, I would say twenty of the twenty four teams probably can't afford to spend a million pound on a player. Mm. You know you're, you're looking at Wigan, Blackburn are probably the only two that are big enough to do it. Yeah. And we, while we may not have much of a budget, you can get out that league with good youth players the players that'll end up remaining because we're kind of get rid of them mm. and then you know free transfers and loans they'll be able to get out of that league I think unless something horribly goes wrong but I'd... <laughs> I wouldn't rule on that <laughs> we're good at going horribly wrong <laughs> but I, I can't see how it could problem. go that horribly wrong because that, that league I mean the games that I see on the telly it's, it's piss poor it's far far worse than the championship it's like get it in the mix of football isn't yeah. it but yeah. Collins was saying it, it's the league one and league two are very similar there isn't that mm. much of a difference between the, the two the only thing I'd say on that is right now we haven't we, we won't have as things stand if Coney went we won't have a centre half and as far as I can see we probably won't have a centre forward other than Madger and Azaro signed on the books we've got a lot of loan players haven't we mm. so we're going to lose a lot. We're going to have to. We're going to have to be clever to get the right ones in. Don't I agree? We should be at the top end of that table if we go down, and I'm I'm afraid we're probably going to. But uh, but yeah, um, it's not always quite that easy. And, and like I said, we have a history of messing things up, haven't we? So <laughs> uh, let's hope we get this one right anyway. Should, should we be moving away from signing players on loan again? I was talking to a. Uh, a couple of lads I know and they say just for once it would be nice to, to just develop our own players rely on our own players not have to worry about loan players going back not developing other people's players I would agree I think mm. that that is correct and you've got to build the club with your own players but on the flip side you look at the players we got in January and you know we found out a report that we weren't paying any of the wages so oh, yeah, yeah so you think well you know we managed to bring in these players obviously it hasn't worked out for any of them to be honest but if them sort of deals come up then you kind of can't if they're going to improve your team and it's free then why not do it if you need the players to fill out your squad then I would say yeah bring them I wouldn't say shun the loan market entirely don't build your squad around it Mm. definitely don't have your best player as being a loan player but if you can get a few players that'll help then I think it just makes Mm. sense but your key word that he said was only if it improves your squad and that's the key key to it all doesn't matter who you sign they have to be better than what you got you don't um, that's the other thing what we've done we've signed players that are just not better than what we already had so basically just filling up your squad with very average players you've got to sign players that are better than what you already have um, otherwise don't sign them and that's what we like I say we've, we've done that for donkeys now we just sign players for the sake of signing them and people with terrible injury records everything um, so you know like I say recruitment is the biggest part of this summer that we've got to get right uh, if we do that like like we've said we, sh- we should go, we should be close to going up yeah do, do you think if you were in that dressing room in January and you were say Embleton you know good young player or Molyneux getting or a lot of, yeah. Yeah. one yeah. of them players who's getting a lot of success even Azoro's getting kept out at the minute by Fletcher yeah. that's a different argument though how would you feel about the club signing these players who have essentially not improved the team and they're getting in over you and you belong to the club and they don't out yeah you'd probably be upset yeah but I'd say on the other hand is that these young players at least have had a chance because of the mess that our club's in I would say like two years ago would George Honeyman have got a chance three years ago if he was in the same scenario with still with Sunderland no he, he wouldn't have done so you know or Zaro, all these boys have both you know they've been put in early Ethan Robson has had a little bit of a chance and a sniff 
often what happens is, and it was in my year, is if if you're struggling or something's going wrong, young kids get a chance. And so at least I've had a chance. And they, and like George is, you know, he's done great, you know, and it, and it's it's been good for him. Um, and Lyndon Gooch as well, both done really well. So you know, you hope they do keep getting chances. But like I say, if it was in a different era, if Steve Bruce's era or whatever, they wouldn't have had a chance. So mm. you know, that's the one good thing I suppose that's come out of this season that a few young players have been given a chance. Do, do you think the likes of um, of Gooch and Honeyman and Asoro and Madger and and Robson as well would have benefited from going out on loan a bit, maybe a couple of years ago? I know Honeyman had a, a short loan spell at. Um, <laughs> Gated, and um, that didn't work. But when you look at Sunderland's past youth prodigies, Jordan Pickford went out on loan two or three times. Um, Henderson, Henderson had a spell at uh, where did Henderson Coventry uh, call back at Ipswich? Do you think we've held on to for players too long in the youth system? Oh, 100 Yeah, I, I think they should go out as soon as because I think everybody in football, anybody that has anything to do, knows that the under 23s really isn't a proper test. Physically, mm. you don't get tested. It's a different type of football. Uh, it's not. Not, not what I would call real football so um, I think it's uh, a massive advantage to get young kids once you've got a, think you've got a real chance mm. get them out and test them as early as you can in man's football because they also learn about winning because in the under 23s to be honest it's not really about winning mm. as daft as it sounds it's not the be all and end all but if you go out into a league team wherever it is even if it's a conference conference north or whatever um, you start learning about you, you need to win and that's the most important thing and mm. it's a different tall, different ball game so yeah I think it should go out as early as possible do you think we should be loaning players out Connor? yeah I agree I mean I follow I don't know Blythe Spartans yes but I do, Blythe I do some, Spartans media yeah, guy I do fact. some uh, media work for them but yeah. what it sort of has showed me is how important it probably is for young players to experience that environment you know mm-hmm. them lads are semi-pro they're travelling up and down the country to play you know basically for the love of the game I know yeah. they will get paid you know, decent money but yeah. for the love of the game they've got all that camaraderie on the bus and that environment and I think you know a young player would thrive and probably grow with that sort of them sort of players around them are, right? are you part of that bus camaraderie nah <laughs> are you like the, the little I annoying sit. brother that's hanging around I, I that just sit, wants to punch. sit with the directors at the front <laughs> oh do you sit at the, <laughs> the front sandwiches <laughs> yeah do you say, oh them fear and fear life yeah them naughty boys at the back yeah right, making bro. all that noise on that lighter note, we're gonna um, play a game of uh, play a game of fill in the blank. Um, Gordon, you can take part if you want. It's just yeah. a daft little. Uh, so you gotta play part. This is gonna be a boring game, just me. Well, it? <laughs> you you provide the witticisms, Connor. You should know this. I've never played the game. Have you not? No, well, it's do. really easy. All you've got to do is fill in the blank at the end of the sentence, right. I give you, and then the funniest wins. Okay. Oh, so we're gonna be witty. <laughs> Gordon's Gordon's come with like notes. He was expecting like high quality insight. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, no, 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 no. <laughs> Right, the last four games have seen us throw away crucial leads as we spiral towards League One. But the form of our, uh, the form of a few of our players deserves credit. So fill in the blank. Our best player of the last few games is. Oh, uh, oh I, I don't know what. Um, <laughs> who have I enjoyed watching the last few games? <laughs> You said witty as well. How's that going to be witty? How's that going to be witty? Yeah. Uh, well, I thought this, the well producer Chris has um, dropped a clanger because uh, uh, who has been the best player of the last few games? I will say simply, even though he's missed some games, Paddy McNair because he scored a couple. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, obviously, Lee Camp is the undisputed worst player. Um, <laughs> the second worst player of these few games has been Ooh. Matthews. When I've seen him, yeah, I've seen him a few weeks ago at home, yeah. Matthews was oh, yeah. bad for me. Yeah, that's a strange because he was he was very he up decent. and down. Yeah, he's a yeah. strange. 
Right. What? What's? What's the? He last scored the worst goal I've ever seen. Did you see that goal against Millwall where he? Yeah. He crossed it and their keeper just threw it in threw the net. It in. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this one's a good one. So we've we've seen many kind of banter things really at Sunderland for fans, haven't we? Right. There's there's been a there's been a mag on the banter. You. Yeah. There's been a mag on the pitch scoring at half time and such like. What do you think the worst banter moment of the season has been, Connor? The worst banter moment this season. I mean, there's been loads like Reuter throwing in goals, and I was going to say, I mean, you can point at every single goalkeeper. I was just going to say goalkeepers, yeah. Yeah, goalkeepers I mean, that's been pretty bantery. I mean, I think the banter moment's not happened yet. The banter moment is when next weekend Darren Bent relegates it, <laughs> just to complete this full <laughs> circle that you know. It, it, I would say the demise of Sunderland started the day he left. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would point to that. If you had to pick one moment, it was that day. And I remember it well. I was actually, I was skiving a day off school. I was at home. My mate rang us and he was like, put Sky Sports News on. I think the lads are taking the piss out of us because I'm from a Newcastle area. And there it was. Darren Bent is putting a transfer request, going to Villa. And my heart sank. And it's never quite raised since. Well, I would say that roughly corresponds to where... Uh, Mr. Quinn left, wasn't it? It wasn't long after that. So mm. I, I, I say that probably from that day onwards, we've uh, we've gone downhill, to be honest. I. So I'd probably agree with you, right? I still don't like Darren Bent, though. Fuck him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when I see him, I get angry. I sometimes put on this, this a great like YouTube compilation video of his goals. Mm. And I sometimes watch it and just start getting angry and <laughs> <laughs> Right, we're going to take a quick break on that note. We'll see you shortly. Right, we're going to come back into the second part of the Rope Report podcast with a bit of a sad story. Um, this is a letter from one of our listeners. Uh, he says he feels very de- uh, very dejected. Today, cancelled the season card after holding it for 12 years. Um, there's been very few highs. The weekend in London for the cup final, taking over Covent Garden was possibly the best memory ever. Um, Carlos Edwards' wonder strike against Burnley that won his promotion from the banks of the River Weir, beat Newcastle six games in a row. Um, plus victories against Everton's that Everton that sent Newcastle down, G's last minute winner at Man City, um, but all in all, not too much to show for 12 years. So he's cancelling the season ticket. He says he probably will go back from time to time, um, and he likens it to paying a visit to a sick relative on borrowed time. But I will not. <laughs> I will not part. He says I will not part with 1,100 pound a season, which it has cost me, my wife, my daughter, and. Um, my mum as I sub her while at uni uh, to see overpaid rubbish who are not fit to wear the red and white shirt I will spend it on something less painful, painful like having my wisdom teeth extracted or something along those lines dental care is expensive nowadays it is very very expensive you, you've got to take that into account yeah. Sunderland AFC from players from the players up you are killing my love for the club because you come across loud and clear that you do not care for the ordinary fan like myself your performances on and off the pitch reinforces that belief enjoy League One football for barring a miracle that's where we are all bound and deserve me I'm off to the dentist which begs the question to renew or not to renew and is this man's sad story is it acceptable because there'll be fans I'm sure listen to this thinking you know screaming disloyalty and saying you should stick with your club through thick and thin where do we stand on this? Yeah, you're, I suppose 
in the most brutal sense, you are a customer who pays money to be entertained. Football is entertainment. If you do not feel entertained or are not enjoying it, then don't renew. But is, is football, football's traditionally been about more than that, though, hasn't well, it? Well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, I go on a Saturday afternoon, to be honest now, through habit more <laughs> than anything else. I mean, I, I forgot we were playing last Tuesday. Like, that's how bad it's gotten at this stage. Still went like just <laughs> to remember the last minute that we were playing, but you know if you if you're not enjoying it, don't go. Like mm. I, I get it. Mm. I mean, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's a hard one, isn't it? At the end of the day, paying good money and you're not enjoying it, then you know um, I can understand why people won't renew. I think you'd ask most people to you know see if they can <laughs> find it in their hearts to try and go again next mm. year and try and keep going. My my worry is more for the you know the young people. Is like you go to the game now. And I think there's a lot of people going exactly what you just said to go because they've always gone uh, and they're not enjoying it. And there's a general sense of apathy in the in the crowd and everything. So you know, if you're going as a young lad now, one of your first games, or you know, you're just not enjoying it. Mm. So you know, there might be a generation miss again, or quite a few years where people are going to get you know, young lads are going to miss out on 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 enjoying watching Sunderland football clubs or mm. Sunderland. So I, I see a lot of like Barcelona shirts around Sunderland these days, and I don't remember seeing that when I was young. <sighs> see, at least you're not seeing Mag shirts. Well, no, no. Well, that, this is their this is their wild claim, There's isn't the it? Michael the, Martin that that we'll that we'll go down and they'll capitalise, and the northeast will be theirs forever, like some cunning uh, dastardly yeah. plan. At the end of the day, when virgin. with football clubs, you know, football cyclical, and Sunderland maybe in that cycle every thirty odd years they get relegated to the third tier. Maybe that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, there's nothing saying that they will come back up, but there's also nothing saying that it won't take them three years to be back in the Premier League mm. because that's how football works. You know, you've seen it with. Leicester and Wolves Wolves are about to do it you know so many teams have done it and I'm sure that they were sat doing their podcast at the time you know the Dell podcast wouldn't, or whatever wouldn't be as good as this obviously <laughs> it's, yeah obviously no. not <laughs> but I'm sure they sat here and they had the same conversation they're like oh you know it'll never be the same we'll miss a generation and mm. you know it's not necessarily true but it's a worry I mean I've got a little nephew who he's got a season ticket with his dad but he, he doesn't go because he's I don't think he's ever seen them win <laughs> he's had a season ticket for like three years he's never yeah. seen them win yeah. a, a year in the life of a child like it feels like a long time as well so imagine being like eight or nine in this in this generation watching something you've seen like two home wins in, in so long it must be it must be you know it must be pretty painful for to, and it's it's harsh to watch it like enforce a kid and make them sit through that well we had that though when I was growing up well, I was nine when we went down with 19 points 11 when we went down mm. with 15 points and I'm still here the crowd was still forty odd thousand plus, so No, I think I think it can come back, there's no doubt about it. Uh like you say. But the biggest thing is obviously if you're playing decent football um and getting good results, you know, then the whole thing grows. I think some of them fans when it's going well there's nothing better, is there? Mm. Um just at the moment I think there is. You know, you can't you can't and I absolutely understand why. There's a general sense of apathy and people are going for it because they because they've always gone, a lot of them. Mm. Um, it's not a great atmosphere in the ground and everything and uh, we have to shake that somehow again I think that's something that should have been looked at a long time ago uh, I've said this uh, for quite a bit now we should have been doing something to try and improve the atmosphere because it you know it's a it's a it's a it's a circle that you, you need to get out of because it, it does affect the players when they're playing um, and I'm not playing fans it's it's not fans' fault <laughs> totally not we we've all watched this rubbish for too long but is something should have been done by the club to try and change things. Um, 
and bring about a difference and, and, and seeing the massive gaps in the, in the stadium and, and it just looks terrible on telly as well when you mm. see it yeah, it looks it awful it looks like a dying club especially yeah, with the pink what, seats on show as well yeah exactly that's what everybody sees so I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that we should have brought everybody down earlier in the season brought everybody together down to pitch side try and create an atmosphere because I think it does make a massive difference that was the one thing I always say about Rocker Park you lads won't remember but you're not old enough. You just bends, but uh, <laughs> but basically there was a magic atmosphere. If if you know there's people in there, mm. and uh, I think that would have helped. But there you go. It's it's gone now. There's not much we can do about it. But I think it's going to happen next year, isn't it? Yeah. Out of necessity more than anything. Um, yeah. But there you go. Yeah, the top tier will be closed next season. Uh, yeah. What what do you make of the um the kind of accusations from from Sunderland fans on Twitter who are renewing and and stuff like that? Because it gets a bit vitriolic. It gets a bit nasty. Is there any need for it? Probably not. It's it's people's decision. It's people's money. Yeah. It doesn't make you. My my mate Mark is um, Mark Anderson. He's he's not renewing. He's had a season ticket since the stadium opened twenty years. He's what twenty eight now. So and he's decided he's not going because he's not passionate about it anymore. He doesn't feel the need. He's got work on Saturdays. I think that's generally what tends to happen as well. But you know, if you get family and stuff like that, it does become harder to come to the games. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think a lot of lads find that. You know what I mean, and, and girls as well. You know what I mean. But uh, but yeah, it, I think it does generally become a little bit harder. Uh, and and obviously the money's a big factor, isn't it, with a lot of people. And, um, but hopefully, hopefully we can uh, get some good results next season, and mm. and it will start to swing around, and turn around, and we get and get the ball rolling the other way. Uh, it would be nice to at least get some good results for. On a Saturday, yeah, it would be it would be a, good. A hot take that the stadium will next be full last game of the season next year when we're winning the league one title. Do you think that'll be the next time that stadium's full? Let's hope so. That's right. my oh, I would take that now. Yeah, you'd take that now, wouldn't we? We'd all take that, right? But I think if if next season, if they can get the ball rolling and start winning some games, which at that level they should be able to do that, then it'll all start coming back. People will want to go because we'll be having a winning team for like the first time in. Ten years, mm, mm. you know, and it'll just it'll snowball. You know that's how football works. Well, currently we're lying bottom of the championship. Oh, one, we're not doing this. Are we? We're one, talking about the team now. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> one point behind our next opponents, Burton. Uh, we are six from safety with three games left. Burton are coming off a great win against Derby County, kind of a local derby. Um, while we've drawn our last three, what do we think will happen in that game? Starting lineups. Who would you play if you were Coleman? It's a scary <laughs> thought. Um, I try and work out a goalkeeper. That's like <laughs> just yeah. try try and find someone from somewhere. Can we How like pick sort sort two of them together or something and see if we'll make one or something? <laughs> yeah, well, if Cam can't dive one side, right, I can't dive yeah, the other side. Yeah, just have them, <laughs> them together and then. Yeah, but see, so yeah, right. I think having both of them in the net could be like like a real calamity because they'll just get in each other's way and it'll be like <laughs> you'd see them bashing <laughs> into each other. To be fair, couldn't you head on? Yeah. I, I think in regards to the teams, like not even the prediction for this weekend, but. I found it frustrating that, you know, it's been obvious to me for a while that five at the back wasn't working and he just persisted with it. And mm. has that is that going to be what costs uh, the position? I know goalkeeping and, and stuff has, but we've looked so much better with four at the back. Went through that torrid run of about 13 games without winning and had we been playing four at the back, would we have won a couple of them? I don't know, not when, not when Lee Camp or Jason Steeles and Collins don't oh, see all, it. All I'm saying is, though, is he's persisted with five at the back and I think he probably deserves a lot of criticism for it. I mean, we can talk about the players not being good enough mm. and all that, but we'll look a better team at four at the back. 
But you can understand his reasons for trying to play a five at the back, given what he achieved at Wales and yeah, that it was supposed to make us more defensively minded. You should, you should never, ever force a team to play your ideas. You should make your ideas of what you've got. And he tried to shoehorn players into a system that didn't work. Whereas maybe he, maybe you don't you don't see them day to day. Maybe you saw stuff on the training ground. You thought, yeah, I can make this work. And he even admitted himself that they were playing fine. And what he, what he saw in training wasn't translating to the atmosphere for whatever reason in the ground and, and on a match day. He's just deflecting blame off himself, isn't he? <laughs> that's totally I think that's exa- exactly what Mr Grayson said as well, to be fair, though, wasn't it? That was exactly mm. his comments we, as well. We so must be we've had it for probably best too trainers long. in the country. Yeah, must be good. Because <laughs> we've always had that. We've always said, oh, they played great on training on Thursday. Oh, they were brilliant. And they like, oh, well, yeah. they didn't on Saturday. I was like, well, I don't know what happened. That's not what it was me. Yeah, it's not So, yeah, in, in regards to the team, play Joe Zorro. I'm, I'm waiting for him to get back in the team. Would you play him and Fletcher or? Oh, just as long as Azoro's playing, I'm happy. Mm. In yeah, reality, I'll play both. I'd play Azoro, like I must admit. He's the, been the one bright spark of the season, I think. Uh, obviously, uh, McNair coming back in has been good. And uh, George Honeyman's done quite well. But I really like Azoro, I must admit. I think he's got something, yeah. I would play him, yeah. Mm. What, uh, what what score are we going for? Uh, I think, to be honest, we'll probably be beating like the shite. The shite than us. That could be our only six points of the season, couldn't it? Our only six no, no, it could be fun. Oh, we could beat Fulham, but we're not. Are we going to beat Fulham? No, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying I was just, I was just you know, no, we might get lucky. Maybe you never know. I hope so. Yeah, well, let's just hope we can beat Burton first, and then that would be uh, would be a start, wouldn't it? Right, we'll move on to some um, questions from Twitter. An account called SAFC North Yorkshire says, "Gordon, do you still own a pair of boots? And if so, what are you doing from August onwards?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even think I do now. No, I have got somewhere somewhere. I but no, I will. Uh, I couldn't run for a bus right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> when was the last time you probably played football? Yeah, no, I, I smashed my arm right at the end of my career, so I don't really play anymore, to be honest. So I've got a rod in my arm, so I can't play football anymore. Not no. even a five-a-side? Not even a five-a-side. We, we've, we've got a five-a-side game coming up against our lecturers. We could do with it. We have, but I don't <laughs> we, we should invite night. them all. Like, <laughs> yeah. We'll ring Bobby Kerr up. Like, he'll do a job. Like, he's probably got more stamina than me. Bally. We'll yeah. get Collins at the back of Bolly. Yeah. We'll get Luke. We'll get both balls. Can you imagine that in midfield? Yeah, Kevin and Luke <laughs> someone's getting snapped um, Gav asks um, would you go with Talbot or Strijek in the team mm, I think uh, hard one for me because I look after uh, Talbot to be fair as a lad anyway but uh, but they're both good keepers eh? uh, I've seen quite a bit of both of them and uh, they're both good keepers so I'd have to say James Talbot to be fair eh? I really like the look of Talbot. From what I've seen of him, he looks a decent keeper, but he seems to have... I don't know if it's my lack of watching the under-23s, but he never seems to get a game for them. No, he hasn't played a great deal, no. He's, yeah, uh, just, uh, but he was such a, He looked like a big prospect last year. I remember we were sat here even earlier this season talking about Talbot, saying that we thought he might break through at some point this season, but he just... I don't know if it's... Well, couldn't, either of them couldn't do a lot worse, to be fair, could they? So <laughs> no. you might as well give him a bash, mind you, as, as far as I can see. But uh, I suppose to, to give... A lad with only three games left, and and it's a really obviously you know goalkeeper one. If you make a mistake, yeah, everybody's onto you sort of thing. You know, to to maybe put their young lad in that situation wouldn't be fair on them. I think that's probably what the manager would think. Um, as much as I think he realised that they're not the three great greatest keepers in the world. Mm. Um, Jake Collinson asks Gordon, "What is your fondest memory of playing for us?" Uh, I got a few to be fair, yeah. Um, beating Newcastle in the playoffs at their place because I was I'm yeah, from Newcastle, 
So um, and supported Sunderland as a kid. So that was I got a lot of abuse at uh, school and everything growing up. So my name was Macam at school. So <laughs> I was nothing else. And uh, so that was a magic, magic. And uh, obviously scoring the goal against Chelsea in the quarterfinal of the cup is one that everybody speaks about. And that that was lovely. That cup run was great. Um, and in just being lucky enough to play football all my career, mm. that was that was probably the biggest highlight of it all. So. Um, I was a real lucky lad and loved it. So who who got you into supporting Sunderland with you being born? Me old man, yeah, yeah. My old man was a Sunderland fan, yeah. He grew up as a Sunderland fan, so basically nine times out of ten you follow your old man, like yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know he, he obviously came down. Uh, we, like I say, we lived in Newcastle, Gosford, the far side of Newcastle, but uh, we used to travel over on uh, company most of games. So yeah. Yeah, you, you made a debut under a bit of a, a Sunderland legend in Len Ashurst. What was what was he like to work for to play? Yeah, for? Len, Len was all right. He was good. He's a good guy, and I still speak to him now. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it was strange then. It, well, the squads weren't as big, and there was a few injuries and got me chance. Basically, uh, wasn't at the time wasn't a centre half and played centre half against West Brom in, in the top league. Uh, I was only seventeen, but uh, no, it was special and. Len's a good guy, yeah, who, d- who did a decent job at Sunderland, yeah. Mm, and what was he like compared to Laurie McMenemy, who isn't remembered so fondly in yeah, Sunderland's affections? Different personalities. Len's uh, a bit bit quiet, both quite quiet, really. But uh, I always say if Laurie had gotten a decent assistant with him or somebody could have trusted, then if, you know, Laurie might have done a half-decent job. Laurie was a good front man who could attract players and, you know, he'd done that before. He, and basically the only reason he came to Sun in the first place was because he was getting a fortune he was getting paid a fortune mm. um, at that time you know uh, it was a fortune I think he was on something like £5,000 a week or something um, so that was a fortune <laughs> way back then um, but yeah just two totally different guys um, Laurie had a real chance to do something I think Tom Cowie backed him massively um, we brought in players but he tried to do exactly the same as what he'd done at Southampton and it didn't work for him Mm. Uh, it went massively tits up. So, <laughs> and you're, you're involved with the Red and White Army now as well, the, the fan organisation. I you am. Do, yeah, you yeah. Do a ask- bit with the the Wise Men Say lads at the Peacock as well. Yeah, I, I, I just uh, anybody that I generally ask me, I'll, I'll try and help out with anything, or anything to do with Sunderland Football Club. I'll, I'll help out with the, like, um, and the Red and White Army asked me just to, they wanted a former player on, uh, somebody that was a supporter, and and obviously I fitted all of that. So. Yeah, it's uh, good to be involved. Yeah, just trying up anything I can, that I can. There was a big meeting at the at the stadium last week with Martin Bain and one or two others. So uh, yeah, good to be involved. Mm. <laughs> What's it like, kind of growing up as a as a Newcastle fan? Uh, sorry, as a Sunderland fan in Newcastle. And That's you, yeah, you, you must have, you must have got some. Oh yeah, so got massive some stick from friends. Almighty, do you, do your family stick. still live there? Or? Uh, yes, my dad does. Yeah, my mum's not alive anymore now, but my my dad does. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, almighty stick. Like I think I said you earlier on, like Martin McFadden was my big mate, and where there was only I think only about three of us in the whole of the school that supported Sunderland. So yeah. all three of us got massive stick. Another like called Keith Atkinson was another one. We still speak to now. We still <laughs> still have the bruises now. I think, to be honest. <laughs> and but what was the atmosphere like in that in that playoff semi final over two legs against Newcastle? Yeah, no, that was fantastic. Yeah, um, we drew it home uh, the first leg here nil uh, nil, and Paul Hardiman famously missed a penalty and tried to kick John Burridge's head off. Um, and we, they already thought they'd won, and we went there and and hammered them really, beat them two nil. Uh, and obviously there was a pitch invasion and all that sort of thing, but. Mm. Uh, no, fantastic, yeah. 
different Brilliant. time, different era, wasn't it? Stand and Roker Park. Oh, we've been three nil now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave Garden asks, "How good did that header in the nineteen ninety two quarter final feel?" Yeah, obviously special night. Yeah, to go and do that in the last minute uh, to win the game was brilliant. Yeah, loved it. Um, still half remember it now. I to be fair, even at my age. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, uh, good times and special nights. I always say to people that like Roker Park on a night time was just, and they were great games. Anybody experienced would tell you it was just uh, there were special nights and. Uh, to beat them, to beat Chelsea in the quarterfinal, uh, was brilliant. Yeah, we had, we had um, sorry, we had Martin Smith on last week, and he was talking about how weird it was, kind of moving from being a lad stood on the terraces at Roker Park to actually playing. Like, what was that like for you? Is that the, the dream come true? Yeah, absolutely. To to like, because my heroes are like Chris Turner, Sean Elliott, Kevin Arnott. Uh, Gary Rowell, uh, obviously massively Gary Rowell, like everybody else, and then, then to go into that you know, environment and dressing room and be there, and you know, basically you're only lucky in front of you, you mm-hmm. you you're going around, you're picking your towels up, bits of bobs, but just to just to hear them and 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 get to know them a little bit was like amazing, and then and I was lucky enough to play with them, most of them, so so yeah, it, it, I was a lucky lad, like I said. Do you know that that moment when? It looks like you're gonna score, so you've hit, kicked it or headed it, and it's going in. Like, what does it feel like the second just before it goes in? Because there's that there's that intake of breath, isn't there? Yeah, because yeah. I always think of it. It must be surreal, like orgasmic almost. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's how I was I was gonna explain it. To be fair, I don't want to uh, discuss your sexual orientation, <laughs> but, but basically, whatever that feels like just before you do that, then that's what it feels like. Yeah. So, do you ever? Like, doesn't know much about that. No, I, I, exactly. He's only young. Yeah. <laughs> Did, did you ever like plan a, a celebration? Ever have an idea of what you were going to do when you scored? I used from the good generation where they didn't yeah, celebrate. Yeah, just just pull no, actually, I did one time. We I scored away at Leicester, and I tried to copy, to copy Gaza. Gaza did like the moonwalk, and he did it brilliant, <laughs> and I did it. And basically, my studs got stuck in the turf, and the lads slaughtered me. To be fair. It's all on. It was all on video. It was captured on video on that on that promotion season thing so video so I got slaughtered for that you, you had stints after you left Sunderland in 96 you had um, a stint with Bristol City Northampton Town went on to Bury and Burnley where you made a lot of appearances Agrant and Stanley was it, were they? was it ever the same as, as playing for Sunderland did you still get that same love uh, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Bury and Burnley it was different at the end of the day they weren't as big a clubs but uh, obviously Burnley are doing fantastic right now but we were sort of when I went there they were like what is League 1 now um, we went up and just missed out on the playoffs twice so I had great times there and and I was lucky as well with Bury. We went out again. I was in League One when I went there, and we, we finished champions and stayed up in in the championship. And and for a club like Bury, that was amazing. So they were probably the two years I was there. I was there. Not saying it was out to do me really, but, <laughs> but basically they were the best two years a football club's ever had. So you know, I was a lucky lad again. Um, mm. I've I've been lucky. I was promoted five times in my career. So uh, experienced a couple of relegations as well, mind. But. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been a, a lucky, lucky lad. Mm. What What was it like leaving Sullen? Was it Was it a hard decision to make? Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't my decision. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Reid decided I was going. So, uh, I, I, I had a, I had a quite a few injuries and bits and bobs and uh, and and 
and I only found out a lot a long time afterwards or at least another four or five years that my back was all knackered and everything so yeah, I'd have an operation on that and, and hey, it was totally justified in me going I was probably about gone then so I'd, I had no problem with it uh, yeah I was gutted to go uh, like I say son and fan leaving you know uh, there was times before that where I could have gone for big money and I didn't but that's football and as I was good I have no regrets at all I'd like to say I was just a lucky lad to be able to do something that I love for a long long time so no no, uh, no problems anyway Would you have is playing for Sunland for you would that have been the pinnacle even if you went on to play for say Man United or play for your country or it's because for me if I was a professional footballer playing for Sunland would be like it wouldn't get better than that no, I think that the, 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 I always tell everybody. You talk about like stuff that you know. What's the best thing? Like the goal. Everybody wants to talk about the Chelsea goal or what some of that. Some of the thing they might have or playing at Newcastle in the playoffs or something like that. But the best thing for me was actually getting signed as an apprentice when I was 15 year old to be told by George Hurd, who was then coach, that I'd been taken on as apprentice and and you won't remember it but Roger Park was split into two things and all the lads we finished we used to train twice a week Tuesday and a Thursday George Hurd called me in the office and told me I was getting an apprenticeship that was the best moment of my life to be fair there's nothing mm. nothing much probably apart from the birth of my kids that, that beats that to be fair it was just unbelievable uh, I can well imagine I'm very insanely jealous of you I know <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think the difference is between sort of because you'll probably say there was players that may have been better than you like in the club but didn't make it yep. what do you think the difference is between a player who makes it and a player who doesn't uh, it can be a, a multitude of things but basically you've got to have a heart really more than anything that's what's that's what basically decides whether or not you're going to be a footballer in the long term there's lots of lads get chances and, and go out of it uh, loads of lads with loads and loads of talent uh, there was lads there with far more talent than me and unfortunately someone like Kieran Brady had like unbelievable mm. talent fortunately yeah got a few injuries so you need luck with injuries and things I was very lucky um, like I said I, you know I, 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 I'm just going to brag a little bit now I've got a record for for 59 games in one season which is the most ever by any Sunderland football player so I'm really proud of that and I played something I think I played something by the time I was 24 I played something like 300 and odd games for Sunderland yeah, it's a lot. so it's a lot hell of a lot and, I, and again I was lucky with injuries and stayed you know never never really got injured at all I think I played every game in one season so and mm. um, I missed something like a, one game in, in 100 and odd games or something so you have to have that and you, and you have to have a whole like I say desire and commitment to what you're doing Um and love what you're doing um, otherwise you won't succeed that's that's the biggest part of it hey if you've got bundles of talent and we've all seen them uh, you will you will generally come out and do well but it's the ones that have got the biggest hearts that really go on and do really really well Like, mm. do you think like nights out get the players because I can imagine I'm not really a big drinker or anything but I can imagine the temptation I mean you're a polar opposites really aren't we yeah <laughs> but I can imagine the temptation even for me who's not bothered if you're a footballer to go out all the time because you'd have what you'd have lasses throwing There's themselves a bit of a lifestyle that goes with it so do you think like that often throws lads I mean were you much of a drinker when you were younger or not uh, I wasn't much of a drinker but I used to drink quite a bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think there is all that as well and and it is the, the differences from my era to obviously now is the biggest changes obviously cameras and you know everybody's got a camera haven't they you know what I mean phone and a camera and they get nailed for anything they do so they you know they can't do as much so you know it was a little bit different in my time but even still stuff used to get back if you were out all the time and, and 
and you'll only get away with it for so long. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, especially if you, you name's Darren Gibson. Yeah. So where, where would the team go in in Sutherland? Say if you if you all went and out, was it like Annabelle's back in the day or something? Annabelle's and Finos, yeah, Finos, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And were, were the good nights? That, but did people recognise you and come up to you and? Oh do, yeah, do of course, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I had the worst haircut in the world, didn't I? So <laughs> everybody recognised me. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I my good, good sides to that, my bad sides to be honest. And I was from Newcastle, remember? So few people don't understand why I play for Sunderland, to be honest. But uh, mm. but yeah, but uh, like I say, it wouldn't change any of it. Um, just great times. Mm. What are the club like with you now? Under obviously under Ellis Short, they get they get a lot of bad press. But are they are they good with ex-player relations? Yeah, they are pretty good now. Yeah, we get two tickets if we want them for a game. Um, you you've got to turn up you've you know obviously you got you can't just give them to anybody mm. but you've you've got to be there um but that was that was i think it was Niall Quinn that changed all that and made sure that ex players um could receive tickets if they wanted them mm. there was a general idea to get us a room and stuff like that but she never ever came about but you know it's nice of the club to be to look after the ex players like that i think they really they should they should do that yeah mm-hmm. Connor, anything to uh, to add before we close off uh, a random random question but it, it's irritated it's Brace irritated yourself. my dad more than me is when they move to the stadium of light why do you think this, they, they seem to take nothing from Roger Park mm. do you think the stadium lacks like the red crisscrosses See, I've think- got a nice ladies toilet sign in my room that are, that are nabbed in an auction did you Thanks. Yeah. But the thing is, is, it's things that like, the only hung above me bed the only arrow. place in the ground. It's the the sports bar. I can't remember what it's called. There's a sports bar on yeah. the ground that has all the stuff. But mm. in the ground, you wouldn't know. That is ab- annoying. Like about the the old stadium. Like, do you think that the when they built it, I know they built it on a budget. But do you think they should have incorporated some of the old stuff? Yeah. Well, they, they generally they sold off all the old bits and bobs, didn't it? And I don't think uh, whatever they got for it will have made any difference at all. Definitely. Again, uh, listen. Bob Murray did certainly that. The best thing that he did was was the stadium in loads of ways. It's a fantastic stadium. Uh, just for me, I don't know why it's always lacked a bit of atmosphere. Other than, you know, there's been special games. I've been to like the, I was at the Chelsea game and the Everton game when Sam was here. Yeah. They were fantastic, and Everton in the cup prior to that that was fantastic. But that was probably more because Everton fans were in there. Um, I just think that Roker Park. If you asked anybody honestly from both eras, and it's not me being. You know, nostalgic and all that sort of thing. It was just special atmosphere. I, I 100% agree. There should have been loads of bits and bobs taken across and 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 played out the same. Yeah, even because you remember, you remember them things like you say the crisscross yeah. things. You know, on the stand, like Everton, they've still got it now. Yeah, it is. Kept, the, the, the yeah. welcome, the welcome to Sunderland sign. Which the, the yeah, stand. exactly. The all the bits and bobs. Lines. Yeah, you should have should have done more of that. Definitely. Yeah. Do you, ha- do you have anything of, of, um, of your own from Roker Park? Do you manage to? Nab I don't know. No, I didn't. No, I haven't pinched anything. Unfortunately, no. Nah. It's a shame. No. It's a shame. Any any other football memorabilia you've got? Any nice pieces? Uh, no, just medals and bits and bobs. Mm. Really, yeah, I'm lucky look, look, enough to have. But uh, yeah, they did actually give us the FA Cup final winners medal when they gave us our medals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately we didn't keep them. Was that awkward? Did you just kind of like shuffle up to the Liverpool players? No, they sort of asked for them, unfortunately, yeah. So, yeah, so they <laughs> they, they, uh, they all got swapped over in a batch, I think, uh, to be honest. They're exactly the same, there's no difference, just one says winners and the other one says runners up. That's, it, that's the big difference. <laughs> like. Right, so unless you've got anything to add, Connor, I think that's a wrap, isn't it? I don't know. You got any final stories that you want to add? Any people you want to call out for being knobs or anything? Yeah, yeah the platform yours, Gordon. Nah, not really. I don't think no. so. No, there's there's too many of them in the world to worry about. <laughs> Jack Rodwell. <laughs> Jack Rodwell. Yeah. Jack Rodwell. Yeah. Yeah. No, to be fair to him, 
that's not all wholly his fault, is it? At the end of the day, we were daft enough to give him that contract. So that's there true. you go. I would be sitting on the contract. Yeah. I've got quite happily sitting on yeah, the contract. Exactly. Call us all uh, the twats in the world now. Exactly. <laughs> and I think there's loads of people like that. Yeah, so don't blame him too much. At the end of the day, hey, I wish, wish it wasn't like that, and I wish the kid was playing and and doing well, but. Unfortunately, do you it is what it is. in some ways regret the era you're playing? Because if you played, minted, yeah, like thirty, well, twenty, twenty years later, you'd be absolutely like ruling it. Uh, no, not really. No, you don't uh, about it right now. Hey, we don't like money. I'm an agent, so yeah, I'm getting a, getting a bit of it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's yeah. My year was better than the year before that, and the, nah, and listen, I know it's gone absolutely mental in the last few years, but. Hey, I don't think they have as much fun as what we did, so there you go. <laughs> oh, there's one final thing. We haven't talked about the agent fees. The Sunderland ah, agent fees. Yes, just, I know you might not want to you know, pry too much into the finances, but what do you make of the fact we're second the in the league table? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably a little bit understandable because we did come out of the Premier League, didn't we? And, and obviously had big wages, so therefore um, we will have paid big agents fees. I, I think within that... Um, there will be agents fees but people don't totally understand where agents come in but there will be agents that are being employed to sell certain players that have gone out so they'll have been paid as well i.e. for the Dillabodji going out probably Barini uh, who else Gazri as well went to Gazri yeah um, Lens Lens all yeah, these guys permanently now so a, long, a lot of the time that basically there's agents that get in between the agent and the club mm. and try and find clubs that we may want to buy these players and, and, and they end up getting paid as well mm. uh, it's the way of the world it's like it, it, all I uh, compare to is it's a state agency at the end of the day it's it's the same if you want to sell something they employ somebody to do it and, and that's what happens eh? mm. there's a, a final question from Adam Hutchin that I've just uh, spotted here mm. I've heard rumours from a couple of people that you are now the ex-player lead in one of the consortiums to take over the club Ask him if this is true, so I suppose I've got to have him. Yeah, you got to ask, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were admitting it I, I, I was getting excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's not true, no. I have been involved with one or two of the consortiums. Um, it's it's uh, been involved in trying to buy it, yeah. Um, it's never come off, um, and I think there is there is somebody um, locally trying to trying to buy the club right now so we'll see see what happens and see how it moves forward I, I think it, that's the biggest thing that does need to change is, mm. is the owner of the football club uh, probably for his own good as well as much as the football clubs and uh, for everybody's sanity I think it does need to change and just hopefully that happens but yeah I've been involved before i.e. Uh, with the German consortium and other bits and bobs um, So what, what was the story with the German consortium How, why did that Why did that not come off? Uh, I think they had a meeting with Mr Short and it, it, it wasn't it, they couldn't couldn't find an agreement basically so um, that's where that, that ended up mm. um, and there's been one or two, loads of others I guess yeah that people have looked at it but there was another group that I was dealing with that they were very interested at one stage but when we were in the Premier League and, and they dropped out as well on an American group yeah mm. what would um, if you could put a percentage on the completion of the takeover you mentioned the um, the local businessmen what, what what number would you put up would you say it's you know it's an informative process it's 20% done or 80% how, how far I don't I don't know exactly no it's just what I've heard that, uh, that I think uh, today yeah I think there was something said somewhere that there's there's a local consortium maybe um, or a, a businessman um, looking to do something so yeah, I'm not going to say any more than that. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pushing He's for it. Doing round that there, yeah. <laughs> won't say wrong thing. Well, yeah. on that, um, on that scoop, we'll uh, we'll we'll let you get off. Uh, Good stuff. 
champion. Um, Connor, thanks for coming on. It's all right, it's been a pleasure. Gordon, cheers for coming on. Appreciate no your time. Um, and remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Acast. We are also on Facebook as Roker Report, Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can subscribe to us on YouTube where you can get the latest episode of Rock Report TV, which we're going to do on Wednesday. Wednesday and possibly not in the usual place. No, a different set, maybe. Why? Maybe. Why? Possibly. It'll be a laugh a minute. It's always a laugh a minute. Always. It's always following oh, something. Follow that band there. Follow that band there. I see too yeah. much of you. Not really. I've had like three weeks off from you now. Uh, it's been pleasant. You've been stacking off Rock Report TV. <laughs> you can't so. Right, I've been your host, James Copley. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.